Welcome to Heart of the Psalmist, cultivating the heart of creatives. Now, your host, Sharvis Witted. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Heart of the Psalmist. I'm your host, Sharpest Witted. As I always tell you, this is a show where we're asking God to create in us clean hearts so that we can create for Him. Thanks for stopping by again and joining the conversation. And this week, I have a special guest, Mr. Omega Fours. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, my brother. I'm glad that we finally made this happen. Yes, I am too. (laughs) That's good stuff. That is good stuff. What I want to do first, some of my listeners may know you, they may not. Could you just share with my audience who you are and just your musical journey, where you started and how you got to where you are now? Well, I'm Omega Forbes, songwriter, recording artist, worship leader, pretty much everything to do with music ministry within church, I have done. I'm grateful to God for my musical journey. It started as a kid. My dad, he was the choir director. My mom, she was the lead singer in the choir. I grew up Pentecostal, so the church I grew up in was the Church of God of Prophecy. So it was very strict background. I'm so thankful for it now. I would say growing up, I was like, man, I couldn't do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do nothing as a child. It it was a strict Pentecostal church. Hey, we didn't do any dances. We didn't do any parties. Um, For a while, we didn't even do the movies. So you can just imagine. But I'm thankful for it now that I say the older that I get, I appreciate my upbringing a lot more because even though it was strict, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. My parents put that fear of God in me. So, you know, I I wouldn't go too far. I wouldn't get involved in too much craziness. (laughs) Yeah, I I grew up my very, very musical family. My cousins, my aunts, my uncles, all of them on both sides of my family, very, very musical. So I got that honest because couldn't go anywhere, no family reunions without music. We pretty much in concert at every family reunion or there's a lot of singing going on, a whole lot of musicians within my family as well. God blessed me with the opportunity to record six independent projects. I've been able to have several of my songs recorded on a um, national level by different artists. I worked very, very closely with Troy Sneed. He was very influential in giving me an opportunity on a national level, as well as my songs on a national level. And I'm here today, kept by the grace of God. And I can truly say God has been great. God has been faithful in my life. Didn't always make the right decisions. I learned a lot on this journey. When it comes to music ministry within church, music ministry as an artist, learned a whole lot, been through a lot on this journey, but I'm thankful for the journey. That is awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, I can testify to his family being very musical. I played with his two of his cousins. Um, I think, well, actually, your brother's the one who plays the bass, correct? Yes, yes. So I played with Alfred and your cousin Andre. I played with him. So he's not lying, y'all. I think even his daughter now, she released an yeah. album, didn't she? A she year released, ago? Yeah, she did release her first EP. She wrote all of the songs. She sing lead on all of the songs. And actually, we just found out last week 
she was nominated for her first award off of the project, Tampa Bay Gospel Awards, nominated her best young artist. So I'm really, really excited about what God is doing within her life as a musician as well. That is awesome. Do you serve now anywhere as a minister of music? Yes, currently I serve as the worship leader at New Mount Zion AME Church here in Tallahassee, Florida, where the pastor is Pastor Anton Elwood. Awesome. I know Pastor Elwood. He's a good guy. One of the reasons I I like having people like you on the show is there's something about when you can get around people who have traveled the road that you're on and they are ahead of you. You know, they've had a lot of the experiences that you are looking to have yourself. So you've done the recording stuff. You've done the minister music stuff. You know, you've had your songs playing on a national level. So with that, you've gleaned a lot of experiences. I heard you say that you made a lot of mistakes. I want you to pour some of that out today in a specific way. So about two years ago, there was an event you had. I ended up not being able to make it. It seems like that event was your heart and you can speak to it, but it seemed like that was just your heart wanting to take all of that experience you had and create a platform where you really could help sharpen musicians and worship leaders and creators in a wholesome way. Can you talk about that event? Yes, yes. It was April 27th, 2018. I hosted an event called Levitical Therapy. And it was especially for musicians, gospel artists, worship leaders, and ministers of music. For years, I think I've been that one that people kind of call on for advice and maybe even the vent (laughs) that served in different capacities. I'm always kind of pouring out my knowledge and my experience to others. It's so many different sides to music ministry and different things people go through. And sometimes they just don't feel like they have anybody because being in leadership, sometimes you feel like you're put on a pedestal. You really never ask for, but you carry, you carry a weight and it's, it can be good and it can be bad at times. It was on me heavy to host something specially catered for all of us, whereas I had different people on a panel to actually pour into those that serve. So from the pastor's point of view, I had a few pastors from the community here in Tallahassee, and those pastors, I targeted ones that had worked in music ministry as well before. So I thought it very strategic to have them because even though they serve as pastors now, they know the role of a worship leader. They know the role of a musician. And they was able to pour into those musicians who was in attendance. It was very, very good because sometimes when it comes to being accountable, knowing your music as a musician, as well as establishing the relationship that a musician should have with their pastor. It was very, very good for those musicians that was there to hear from the pastors and ask questions because we just live in a time where some musicians, they're in it almost like a gig. Unfortunately, for some churches, it's hard for them to hold on to musicians because of the way some musicians look at it. But there are some musicians that's very loyal to ministry that really, really take it serious. But a lot of them have been used, abused, and hurt within church. I've talked to several that feel like they've been done wrong. They've been treated unfairly. They may have been 
taking advantage with their pay. So it's many different things we dealt with that night. And, and then on the side of the artists, there are a lot of artists that serve in church, but they do a lot of traveling. So they, you know, sometimes they're at church, sometimes they're on the road, but still having that relationship with the pastor that allows them to continue to serve, but understands that their job is not just to the local church. And having pastors, sometimes that'll respect that and encourage them because there are some artists, because they travel, they're kind of treated wrong because they're not always there. They can't be to everything. But it was brought out even at the event how sometimes you can be involved in a whole lot of stuff outside of just being at church, but you're still serving and how important it is when you're part of a local church to serve and how that strengthens you. And that even helps your own personal ministry. So that was powerful. We dealt with a lot of worship leaders forming that relationship with their pastors and talking about how important music ministry is in the local church, but having the heart of your pastor spending time with your pastor and knowing the vision of the church and not just being a worship leader almost to be in the spotlight and to do your own thing, but being on one accord with the pastor. Even if it comes down to meeting with the pastor weekly, having weekly conversations with the pastor, but forming a strong relationship because within some churches, it's almost like a a jealousy factor with the minister of music or the worship leader and the pastor, we dealt with a lot of issues and a lot of breakdown within the worship leader, minister of music and the pastor and the musician. So it was very interesting. It was very informative. It was a powerful night because it made you kind of think harder about the role and the call of God that's on your life and and not, not just doing it as something to do but fulfilling it as a ministry like it is. It was very successful. Walked away with a whole lot of nuggets. And it's very needed. I think it's needed abroad. I would love to one day even host a a conference because we, as Levites, we need a lot of help. We, We carry a lot. But I mean, sometimes people don't understand that we have lives too. We have families. A lot of us work a regular job. So we have to be sharpened. And we need one another. And I feel that a lot of us, because of the weight that we carry, we don't always talk to a lot of people. I think we need an accountability partner, prayer partners, somebody we can talk to, somebody we can pray with, somebody that we can trust to give us sound advice, Mm -hmm. just to pour into us like we need it, as well as a lot of pastors need that. But because of their role, they don't always seek that kind of help. They keep, we, we found out in that night that a lot of people that do what we do, we keep a lot of stuff to ourselves until it gets so heavy. And sometimes we tend to lash out in areas that we don't need to. Oh yeah. And it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing night. I just thank God for everybody that participated. I thank God for you, even though you weren't able to be there, but I've I've always admired your passion and how you serve and your knowledge, even the dialogue that me and you have had over the years regarding music ministry. You've always been an encouragement to me. 
I know you take it serious. Not that you're perfect in, in every area, but I know you carry it's a grace over your life. You're serious about what you do and you're for helping others grow in that area. So I thank God for you and your walk and your encouragement down through the years. I appreciate it. Likewise too, man. Likewise. You said a lot, man. My uh, my stomach is full. You, you said a lot right there. <laughs> and um, But you actually did touch on a subject that's dear to my heart. And you know this because we have talked about this. Actually, our mutual friend, uh, Dr. Michael Figures, we've talked about this several yeah. times. Just the importance of that relationship. And you keep using that word. That's so important. Not a, I'm the musician. You're the pastor. You give me a paycheck. I give you what you want on Sundays. That's it. But you're you're digging deeper. You're saying, hey, we need to kind of roll the music back a little bit, roll the duties and the tasks back, and let's get to know each other. Let's have a solid relationship because you've been doing it longer than me. I've been doing it 30 plus. I started really young. I come from a musical family as well. So I've seen this hundreds of times. I've been through it to where there's so many things that are assumed. There's so many hurts that are there. But because that relational foundation between the worship leader and musician is not there, it's more so of a contractual gig relationship. Set the stage so that when I come out, I can preach good or vice versa. Give me my check and I'll go to the next church. Because that's not there, when the enemy does attack, when life does hit, when I have to work an eight to five job, I've been there to where I couldn't work at the church full time anymore. I got a kid now, so now now I got to go get an eight to five. And so that brings a whole shift in things. And if that relational foundation isn't there between that musician and that pastor, it kind of leaves a lot of cracks for things to be assumed. There's not a lot of trust there. So how much does that relationship play into a lot of the issues that we see in music ministry. You know, like if you go upstream from a lot of these issues, how much of that flows out of a weak relationship between that senior pastor and that musician? That relationship is very important, but I think a lot of people go into into that job and don't have the open dialogue like they need to have in the beginning. I think a lot of pastors hire someone, number one, that's good, well-known, and that they feel that'll get the job done. They don't always take into consideration that person, whether they're a musician that does it full-time or that has a family in a regular job and then plays at a church. Sometimes you have to take in consideration the lifestyle, not just the skill level. Yeah. But the lifestyle of that musician. But I think a lot of pastors target people that's good, that they feel that can get the job done, Mm. but not everything else that comes along with it. And that leaves a lot of cracks in there for things to spiral out of control to the point that it hurts the music ministry and then therefore hurts the church. Wow. And those are conversations that really need to be had. But on the flip side of that, I think a lot of pastors and a lot of churches settle because it's not a lot of musicians that's available and that's good. So they settle with people that they, quote unquote, may not too much be concerned about all of the other stuff. But if you can play behind me, you can hold it down. You know, I'll get you. (laughs) And then when problems, you know, rise, it tarnishes that relationship. 
Wow, yeah. So it's almost like building a house the wrong way. So let me pick your brain, you know, before we bring this to a close. Now, I think we've landed pretty solidly today on that relationship that exists between a pastor and a worship leading musician. We need to make sure that we build that house right and that we maintain that house right. So give me about three or four things, five if you have it. You know, what are some essential things that need to be in that foundation? Definitely, you need to have a relationship with God a solid relationship with God. That's vital. You have to be accountable, a man or woman of your word, that's dependable, that, that's timely, that's um, organized, you know, where you're supposed to be at all times. Not some of the times, but at all times. I feel you need to be a people's person because being in music ministry, you interact with people and you have to be pleasant, do your job well, but be able to interact, take constructive criticism and be willing to grow and being able to follow the vision of the house and not come with, you know, you can have ideas and creative things that are help the ministry, but when it all boils down to, you got to follow the vision of of the house because what worked at one other church that you might've been serving at might not work with where, you, where you're serving now. You have to follow the vision of the house and don't come with your own thing that's vital and to being willing to grow. And I say grow on a lot of levels, grow as a musician or a singer or psalmist yourself, but being able to grow in God, grow in his word. You always have to be willing to grow. One thing that people don't talk about, I think as a leader, you have to build other leaders. Mm. If you're serving as a musician, help another musician to grow to where you're at. If you're a worship leader, you know, you can be great, but don't do it all yourself. You know, that other leader, that background singer that has potential, pour to them because you may not always be able to carry everything. Great leaders develop other leaders. That's right. I think that's vital because in a lot of churches, it, it gets to the point where everybody just depend on that one person. They see that one person, but anything can happen to that one person. That's and when right. that one person not able to do what they need to do, who else is going to get the job done? They shouldn't have to go out to somebody else in the community to lead a song or to play a song or you know, or the single part that might be missing. So good leaders develop other leaders. I think those are a few vital things. But those are a few things, but those are great things. So listeners, you've heard it today from a, a veteran, a very seasoned person <laughs> in uh, music ministry, not just local church, but also he's been an artist. You guys heard it all. So please uh, take those things to heart. Minister Omega Forbes, thank you so much for your time. Now, this won't be the last time. I'll be calling no. on you again <laughs> in the future. But until then, God bless you, Minister Forbes, and uh, we'll talk God to you later. You. Thank you.